in this new realm of Amir Egadon, the party of Relandir, Dominic, Kelnies, Val, Brynir, Mick, and Vamok, were confronted by a doppelganger of Rhys, one who called himself Adaver, and took them to a grand palace in order to meet the Queen Goddess. They never got to, however, as when presented with imprisonment, they rebelled, landing in a fight and felling Adaver. Adaver's servant, however, a man named Baron, who resembled Brynir, banished all but Mick and Relandir to a far away plane. We will be continuing right as this happens in the throne room. Baron is leaning over the dead body of Adaver, this celestial ichor leaking from his head onto the floor. As this shimmer that surrounds the perimeter of the room and blocks the doors flickers and fades. Baron is just holding onto one of Adaver's hands in silence. Still holding this axe that had impaled him in his own side, Rolandir tosses it to the ground, clanging onto this polished floor, and just says, We need to speak to the Queen Goddess. Uh, Mick probably immediately would react a little bit to this, didn't really hear what Rolandir said, and <laughs> will talk to Baron and direct his attention to him and say, what, Where did they go? What did you do with them? Baron looks up at Rolandir, speaking first and then to Mick. You do not deserve the Queen Goddess' mercy, nor my answers. Your friend here, you want to save him, don't you? I have the power to do so. That's not going to happen until you tell me where they went. Save him, then I may humor you. Is that an agreement? Yes. All right. Hoping that you're a man of your word, I'll do as such. And you'll bring our friends back, right? Do your work, or you'll suffer the same fate, trickster. I'm going to take that as a yes. Mick will assume that this is an arrangement that he made with Baron, and will trust that, and will squat down next to Adaver, and will place both of his hands on his chest, and will cast the spell of Resurrection. Oh, dang. Frickin' Mick, man. This is gonna take an hour, by the way, so um, make some small talk. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the most awkward hour of Rolandier's life. So, <laughs> so uh... you look like a buddy of mine, cousins. <laughs> How long have you known uh, out of uh, the wet blanket? Are you uh, you wearing a shirt underneath that armor? So you so like gotta... deep V's? <laughs> That's the real question. I think you look really great in deep V's. Should try it sometime. Uh, so he's gonna he's gonna cast this and start to perform resurrection. So as you begin to do this. According to this spell text, if its soul is free and willing, the target returns to life with all its hit points. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Rolandir, you feel the slightest tug once Mick starts this incantation. Is this like a, like a physical tug or a like, oh, there's, there's something spooky inside me like tugging? It's spooky inside. Oh, dear. As soon as Rolandir starts feeling this, he speaks up. Uh, Mick, uh, Perhaps if 
Is it all right if you pause that for a moment? Can you resume in a minute? I, I need to speak with you. If Mick stops, that consumes that spell slot. Well, Mick, upon hearing this request from Rolandia, will say, Rolandia, I'm a little busy right now, but if you can crouch down next to me and whisper in my ear, perhaps I'll give us a privacy we need. Where's Baron right now? Is he still kneeling over? He's still kneeling over out of air, clutching his hand. Okay. Rolandia's going to walk over and... He's going to kneel down, you know, the, the three of them around Adavare's body. And he just kind of takes a minute, and he's going to actually, like, look at Adavare, because his, his mask came off, right? It, like, split in half. Correct. And with this celestial energy dissipated, his face is unradiant. And now also being this close to Baron, does he have, like, a face mask or anything, or is it just... He is wearing a gladiator-style helmet with the different holes, but through it, you do see Demlik features. Taking a minute and looking and observing and taking this all in, as he gets closer to the body of Adavera, d- does he feel any difference in the strength of this tugging, or does it seem to be directly connected just to how long Mick has been performing this? The latter. Okay. <clears throat> um, Mick, I know this is going to take you a while, and I don't quite know what's happening, but the longer you are performing this spell, the more I'm feeling something a pull drawing something out of me are you concerned about this um <laughs> yes uh, initially honestly but to be quite honest my foolish curiosity is winning over at the moment and i have half a mind to tell you to continue and he just kind of looks up at baron is he hearing any of this or responding to any of this he is fluctuating between staring daggers into the pair of you and then looking down at Adavare with a somber expression, but stays silent. Orlander's just gonna say, we have time. I'm going to think a bit, but carry on. You need your concentration. And he's gonna stand up and kind of start pacing around the room. Then, in another plane entirely, with this lunar eclipse in the sky reflected on this black, slick, wet obsidian as you're pelted by freezing rain. Kelnies, Val, Brynir, Dominique, and Vamak find themselves here, wherever here is. The last thing that happened was Vamak voicing his approval over the death of Adavir. You should not have done that, Vamak. And Brynir goes to swing at him. <laughs> oh! Vamak's not going to, like, dodge out of the way or anything. Brynir just gives him a sweet right hook to the face. After that, immediately after that, Kelniace will grab at Brynir's arm and stop him from attempting to throw another punch. Just going, stop it! And Vamok spits out a little bit of blood. (laughs) And why should I have stopped myself? I finally feel like myself again. No longer Vamok the lapdog. No longer Vamok the maskin. But Vamok the goliath. Where the strong survive and the weak. Why? Why should we have left him alive? He could have helped us. Did you ever stop to consider that maybe it's stronger to let those around you to live? You are still here, are you not? As are the rest of us. The way I see it, we came out on top because of our strength. We did not have to kill. I was handling it. The next time handled it fast. Um, am I connected to Essence here? Give it a whirl. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll just cast, like, light and see if that does anything. You create a flickering light that 
appears as if it's a faulty light bulb. Well, if you're quite finished, wherever we are, we should probably try to get out. Agreed. Dominique reaches around into his backpack and pulls out a raincoat. He is already soaked wet, clearly, but he decides, hey, I guess I can just hang this over my head and I'll stop getting wetter. As he looks at Vimok with a mix of complete disgust and horror. Galnias actually looks at Dominique and is like, you wouldn't happen to have another one of those, would you? He turns towards Galnias and says, uh, I do, but I am not sure it would be your size. However, this might help. And he reaches into his pack and he pulls out a tarp, which he hands to her. She scoffs and takes it. And then holding this tarp above her head, it does look a little comical. <laughs> but she also looks toward Vamok and says, that was rash. Perhaps, but it made something happen. If it was up to the rest of you, we would be sleeping in cages right now. And we would be speaking with Luna. But now, because of you, we're here in wherever this is. Finding our way out of this, it will not be easy. Perhaps we may die. Vamak, you are the epitome of work harder, not smarter, because you are dumb as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anywhere around us that is, like, shelter or landmarks or anything like that? It's honestly impossible to tell in the current light. The intermittent lightning strikes are the only illumination besides this eerie eclipse. Can I conjure some dancing lights, even though they're weak, and just sort of, like, send them out to scout around me before I walk into anything that's going to bite my head off? What's their range? 120 feet. In anywhere you send these lights, you just see more of the same. It's just flat, obsidian. It's jagged. It's two to five foot inclines and declines in jagged planes, but there's no landmarks. I'll sit down and I'll start to cast Fabricate to make yourself a shelter out of the obsidian. The mock, who had been smiling like this big, wicked grin, just devilish, right? Uh, it's almost like almost like a switch flips. And he stops smiling, and he kind of resumes his normally dour demeanor. And he looks at everybody with the same typical level of disinterest that he had in the past. And it's almost like he's analyzing the situation. He says, I will try to conjure some fire to keep us warm. It is important to keep our temperature up. And then Vamak is going to just try to fuel a little bit of intent fire enough to keep everybody warm not enough to do like any damage right and he's gonna try to give it enough juice so that it doesn't go out in the hail it takes more exertion than usual but you are able to get it up the shelter is now completed by Val does anyone require assistance has anyone been seriously wounded I can think of one person and Vamak hears that almost as if he doesn't understand like there's like a distance between what just happened and like what he's thinking and feeling right now we must do what we can to survive now well mess do you have any idea where we could be either on Egadon or in the surrounding space i suspect we are probably not on Egadon at all as this is probably another plane of existence entirely but i am not a hundred percent certain um, do I know anything about this, like, history or magic-wise? Roll a history check. Okay. <laughs> I'm proficient in that. 
finally, an intelligence check I'm proficient in. 18. As you are just kind of picking through the different records that you keep of everything you've ever read and seen in your brain, something comes to mind in that, you know, connecting the dots, you'd been to a demiplane that Vamok had made or a pocket dimension of sorts. You'd been to realms that the individual Valors, at least the governing virtues, had been able to construct. And just by, you know, speculation, if A is B and B is C, then A is C, it would make sense that all the gods, Valors, realities, and ethereals, would be able to create these realms apart from Egadon. And though this place in particular doesn't strike you as belonging to any one of them, at least in this particular time, you're pretty sure that's where you've ended up. Okay. Could I, by virtue of context clues, conclude that this is Baron's realm? That's your best guess at this time, but you don't know for certain. Okay. This is probably some sort of realm belonging to Baron. I don't know that it is officially his, but gods maintain order and dominion over realms other than Egadon, so that is probably where they are. At this point, Dominique, who in the corner put a little piece of metal on the ground and dropped a grain of rice on it, which then quickly multiplied, walks over to Val with a tiny pot, probably holds about two cups, full of cooked rice with a little bit of salt. And he says, Are you hungry? I have uh, nowhere to make enough food for everyone at one time. So it's uh, one at the time now, but everyone needs to eat. I don't think that we are getting out of here. If it really is the realm of the gods, maybe we can only wait until he brings us back. Val will nod and take the little rice pot and like look at Dominique in the eye like very sincerely and say thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I see that some of you are dangerous but I think some of you are sincere as well. Sincere and foolhardy. I have an idea. Uh, Val is going to try to cast sending to Baron. There is a 5% chance it does not work if we are on different planes of existence. Cast away. I apologize for the behavior of my companions. Can you bring us back from the place you have sent us? Brynir looks at Val and says, What are you apologizing to me for? Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, I mean, leads us to an interesting conclusion. I was trying to contact Baron, but it went to you instead. So your mind or your soul is connected to him in some fashion. He's not just a copy of you. Well, if we are going to try to teleport out of this realm or otherwise escape it, I will need to rest because that is too much magic for today. Yeah, how many spell slots are you down to? Oh my gosh. Even for me, like, (laughs) not... I have a lot of lower level spell slots, but I've spent um, all of my eights, sevens, sixes, fives, and almost all of my fours. The threes, twos, and ones, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, I can cast Magic Missile for about (laughs) a million more times, but that's not exactly helpful. Brynir will look at Val and say, Yes, get some rest. And then he'll start tending to his bloody and slightly frozen hole in his hand. Oh. Val will finish eating and give the pot back to Dominique and then go to sleep. Kelniates, noticing Brynir holding this wound, will kneel beside him and extend her palm. May I help? 
Yes. Thank you. She takes your hand in hers and putting her thumb over this wound, she kind of rubs it where this ice has formed and it liquefies and then melds within your flesh and starts to transmute into strings of sinew and muscle and bone and skin. And though it's not a perfect patch job, this patch of skin is decidedly a bit more blue than the rest of your hue. You do now have a healed wound with a circular bluish tinted scar in the middle of your palm. Strange every time. And Brynir just looks at his hand. There's not a lot of essence here, so I had to use a little of my own. Thank you. Uh, but now Dominic arrives with another pot. This time it goes straight to Brynir. And he says, Thank you for the altercation with the muck. I do not have the courage to act, or honestly, the ability to act in that way. But I think it was the right decision. Lowering her voice a little, it's actually Kelnias who talks up first, looking between Dominique and Brynir. And she says, When we arrived here, did you see something, anything? It's like he... I don't know. Like, as soon as we stopped yelling at him, he became a different person. This Vamak, the one that was talking about being his old self, and then, like a light going out, like a candle, was just gone. Offering help and soft-spoken, getting the fire started, barely moving, speaking. She glances over. Where is Vamak currently? Vamak's just sitting by the fire, looking distantly into it. Kelnase turns back to Brynir and Dominique, but more toward Brynir, because he's been here with Vamak longer. Before she stands, she says, Something isn't right with him. Something is amiss. Do you know of anything that happened in Tentaver's plane? I wasn't there. Seeing the food that Dominic had offered to Brynir, he just says, I'm actually good for now. Let the others eat before I... And he gives the bowl over to Kelnyase. And she says, uh, No, no, uh, I'd rather you give it to Mick. And then she looks around and notices that Mick isn't there. And just, excuse me. She thanks Dominic and steps out of the little hovel that uh, Val created. Then Dominic will go and offer the bland rice with salt to fan favorite Vimak. (laughs) (laughs) He, as he approaches, there is a certain flight and the fly, fight or flight uh, instinct apparent in his body language, and he offers it to you. Not a word, just uncomfortable looking. The mock looks at him in the eyes and then raises both hands and takes the bowl, and he says, Thank you. It is important that we all cooperate with each other. Our survival could depend on it. I would not want anything to happen to any of us. Especially to you. You have found yourself mixed up with... I am sure you could describe us as unsavory folk. And it is not your fault. I will do what I can to preserve you. Dominique uh, merely replies, You are welcome. Enjoy then. And uh, scurries away. Now a little confused... Because he didn't really know, like he kind of noticed the difference between what how Vamak acted immediately on and off, but he didn't really notice it. He just doesn't know Vamak that well. But that was a very strange interaction for him. 
So uh, he is uncomfortable and uh, he is sitting around a bunch of uncooked grains of rice in a corner. Meanwhile, in the throne room, it's about five minutes until the spell is complete. As I look over to Rolandia, do I notice that he's becoming more strained as I near the completion of the spell? It doesn't seem to be taking any kind of physical toll on him, no. But for Rolandia, this pull is intense. Can I do a couple retroactive checks of things he would have been doing during that time? Yes. J- mainly just, I would say, just history or arcana checks for him to really dig deep into his recollection of the time he spent in the Kidlands studying intent if there's anything he can think of of why or what is happening to him. I, I won't even need a roll because there is no comparison. All right. There is no analog in history that you've read that relates to this situation. Then I guess, you know, having done his little rounds and racked his brain, Rolandier does return back to Baron and Mick around the body of Adavir. And he looks at Baron and he says, tell me about him, if you would. Baron just shakes his head. After Rolandier asks that question to Baron, Mick tries to open some dialogue with him to try to figure out what's going on between Rolandier and Adavir. And he says to Baron, you know, Baron, I can't help but notice you bear a striking resemblance with one of our companions. Where did you come from? Them look and doesn't say anything else. <laughs> oh, awesome. Mm, a man of few words. I like it. You know, come to think of it, so does our companion. He comes from Demlik. And tell me a little bit about where you were before here. Before you were, how do I say, a god. I already said. Interesting. Relandia, a word? Yes, Mick. Are you getting the feeling I am? That the reason why you're getting a tug to Adver, who's effectively your twin. But let's go a step further with that. Perhaps he is you. <laughs> Whatever this is, I don't like it. It's not natural. There's nothing, nothing in all of the Kinlands research and literature about anything that's going on here. I... <sighs> can't stop you from doing what you're doing, but would you permit me to help? Mick will nod his head and move over and effectively give him, give him some room to work with him. And Rolandier, you know, kind of adjusts himself and positions his hands in an area that is now open. Now Mick, as I said, there is no hard research behind what I'm going to attempt. Do you trust me? Mick a little weary just witnessing this whole ordeal that they just went through because of Rolandier's rash decisions. Against his better judgment, nods his head and says, Do what you got to do, Rolandier. All right. And making an effort, he actually closes his eyes and really, really focusing. And he can feel this tug kind of reaching a pinnacle. Uh, you know, that he knows that the spell is almost towards completion. And then he just says the words... Forget about this. And he is going to cast Banishment on Mick. Wait, wait what does that mean? <laughs> if if the target is native to the plane of existence you're on, you banish the target to a harmless demiplane. If the target is native to a different plane of existence than the one you're on, the target is banished with a faint popping noise returning to its home plane. 
If the spell ends before one minute has passed, the target reappears in its space. But if it doesn't, the target does not return. Um, Mick, supposing that Rolandier was going to try something on Adiver, I'm sorry to ruin your plans, but I don't think Mick would be willing. Ben, charisma. Crap. <laughs> Freaking yep, hard. Yep, that's my saving <laughs> throw, baby. <laughs> Somebody blow. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on, baby. Grandma needs new shoes. <laughs> Chris got 14. My save DC is 18. <gasps> Bloomin' Hain! Mick is banished. Where, where does Mick go? <laughs> Mick blinks too. On the cold stone floor, large archways above him, runic patterns beneath his feet and hands as he slowly sits up and recognizes the intent circle beneath the university at Mainstay, where they were all transported from before entering the Twilight Eternal. Back, at least to your knowledge, in actual Egadon. I will say, everyone's clothes and armor, it looks like they just got dusted. Uh, like they were just turned to ash, and then their clothes and armor fell to the floor. Even your old ones, your loot included. That's right, because we were all naked in the Twilight Eternal. Correct. Holy crap! <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what Mick says. No, Mick is going to look at... <laughs> Mick is going to look around, look at these flipping arches, and is going to start breathing pretty heavily. And immediately will yell, uh, trying to, you know, Mick knows it's going to nowhere on, you know, a falling on deaf ears, so to speak, and is going to yell, Bring me back, Rolandia! Bring me back! Safe to say, Mick is infuriated right now. Back in this other plane, as the seconds tick by, Baron looks between the corpse of Adaver and Rolandir, just in shock, and then looks at Rolandir and says, Can you resume the spell? You do see the latent energies of mixed resurrection spells starting to escape the corpse of Adaver. Like that it didn't work? No, that it's going to be interrupted unless someone takes the reins. Ah, ah. And there were only about like 30 seconds left on that one. Well, screw that. The reason why he didn't want to do it is because he didn't want to have his soul sucked out of him, so he's not picking that back up. Looking around, he just says, Yes, yes, I, I can try to restore it. The spell must have consumed him. Well, then you need to roll deception, because you're lying to Baron. That I am. That's an 18. Baron actually, in an instant, seizes upon you and tackles you to the ground, completely on top of you, pushing his arm, his forearm, into your throat and withdrawing from his back a wicked-looking knife. And Rolandir has just a big grin on his face, and he says, He's never coming back. Finish the spell, or I'll cut your throat. <laughs> look at his face. Look at, look at your face. Look at my face. Do you not see? Baron cuts his throat. Well, he tries. He actually misses, because that's a critical fail. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so Rolandir is able to squirm out from underneath Baron. And Rolander puts a good bit of distance between him, has his sword now at his side, and he just says, This, all of this, this isn't real. You, you aren't Brynir, and that is most certainly not me. I'm going back to where I came from, and I'm taking my friends with me, and you're going to bring them back. But it will not involve anything 
having to do with him, he says, pointing his sword back at the dead body. And so following that up, Rolander just puts his sword into an attack position and says, So you're going to bring them back, or you're going to be lying face down next to him. You bastard. The pain that you will feel at my hand will be all too real. And then Baron will pick up the axe and clash with Rolandir. Back in the plane of Dominic, Calnies, Brynjir, Vamak, and Val, it's relatively morning. You've slept through the quote-unquote night, but the weather conditions have not changed. The light conditions have not changed. Calnies sits outside, just kneeling on the stone. She's dried off a little patch. She still has her tarp over the like her shoulders, but above her, there's just like a little bubble, at least the top half of a bubble, where there's just frozen rainwater. Upon waking up, Val will take stock of where everybody's at and then say, Well, I don't know that teleporting will get us out of here, but perhaps if I infuse it with a little bit of intent, it might work, but... Historically speaking, we have not had great success with intent teleportation. What if it was not teleportation, per se? What did you have in mind? When I open a demiplane, it connects two areas. It opens a space between planes. Perhaps it would be possible to modify the spell, so that instead of teleporting, we instead connect where we are with where we would like to be. It would be like opening a door. That could work. Do you want to perform this or shall I? Do we wish to go back to where we were? Back to where I would think the others are? I, I, I think it will be easier to travel there than to try to go a step further back to Egadon. This plane is theoretically connected to wherever we were before we were here. Yes, that will be easier. Very well. Then, perhaps if you would lend me some strength, I can try to open a doorway to the previous realm. At the end of this sentence, a large crack splits the sky, and you are just blinded by this brilliant light, and then the ground beneath your feet begins to rumble. All these chips of obsidian just vibrating on the surface, and then cracks begin to appear on the ground, in your fabricated shelter, all around you, as an enormous earthquake rocks this plane. Is this like the the plane is shattering, closing, or is this like a natural occurrence in the plane? This seems out of the ordinary. This seems apocalyptic. Oh boy. Uh, whatever you're going to do, I think you should do it quickly. And Val will hold out a hand to assist Vamok with some intent fuel. Vamok will grab the offered hand, and then he is going to cast Demiplane, but he's going to try to use intent to modify the spell so that it'll open back into the cathedral. Does he get to add my intent bonus to his roll? Yes. Okay, the full 17 or just my intent score? Just the score. Okay, 12 plus 12 to whatever you roll. Calniace will assist as well. Oh, nice. So you get plus 24 total. Good, because I needed it, because I rolled a four. Oh, no. So 41 on the D20 and a 94 on the D100. Oh, man. <laughs> I got an 18 no. on my D100. Oh, man. As you open the demiplane, this doorway does appear before you, 
but you see the usual construction of, you know, Vamok's little room. Well, perhaps you're better off in there anyway. Can you return us somewhere else if we do enter here? Or will we simply have to return to where we came from? It is possible. I opened the demiplane before we encountered Adaware. I could potentially connect it back to that point. Worth a shot. Kianis will go inside. Yep, as will Dominique. That will join. Brunier as well. Okay, as soon as everybody is inside, the mock will close the door. As you do shut the door, you just see the ground, like, burst apart as steam rises from the earth, and even this planetoid in the sky eclipsing whatever moon or sun is behind it cracks in twain. And then you shut the door. Good timing. And now, in true Monsters, Inc. fashion, Vamok <laughs> is going to reach for the door handle once more and open her up, hopefully, to where the previous demiplane was opened. Do you want me to do an intent roll for that? Because that is kind of... We're getting we're getting kind of fast and loose with uh, what you can do with demiplane. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you're going to need a major success on intent. Val will help power this again. Is Kelney Ace also assisting? Yes. And that one was a natural 20. Yeah! So the total is then plus, is the 20 plus 37. So the total is 57 for the for the D20 and 61 for the D100. You succeed. And in true Monsters, Inc. fashion, <laughs> Vamok opens the door, returning to almost the exact same spot as you were in this throne room hall. And as all of you evacuate the demiplane, you see simply before you Adaver's corpse, cold, lifeless on the ground, this glowing ichor that had flown from his neck wound, now opaque. And then Rolandir, gripping his greatsword, taking in deep breath after deep breath, and at his feet, that same flowing ichor coming from a mortal wound in Baron's neck as his eyes roll back in his head, and he dies. <laughs> <laughs> 